House of Panem International, welcome to our broadcast. Be blessed. When God created Adam and Eve, he said to her, he said to, I mean, to Adam, before, I mean, before Eve was created, it was, it was during the time when God had created Adam and took him to the Garden of Eden. And then he said, uh, you must look after the garden. You must cultivate. Some Bible says you must cultivate it and look after it. Some, some other Bibles, they say you must work it out and look after the garden, yeah. which means um, Adam was given a job before God gave him the wife of which it is the right thing that you must have the job before you get the wife. Though with me, the sequence was not like that. But <laughs> I am encouraging you that God's order is you have the job before, because there's a difference also between being employed and having the job. You might not have been employed. In my case, I was not employed, but the job I was having. Uh, maybe I'm confusing you. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I was trained as a plumber already, but I was not employed, which means I was having a trade. So I was having the job, though I was not employed. So God said to Adam, just... Look after this garden. This was, this was service on its own. Like I'm saying, service is work. Work is service. Work is service. Besides that we are born again to serve God, besides talking about being born again, God gave us a job already through Adam. He commanded that we must work. We must work. There are a lot of scriptures whereby God will say, I will bless the work of your hands. There are a lot of scriptures. But here is the problem that we are having now. The problem that we are having now. Okay. Let me start with the scripture. Let me go to the scriptures first. We are born again to save him, ladies and gentlemen. We are born again to save, to save God. We are born again to save God. We are born again to save him, to save him, God. Amen. Let's look at Acts 9, verses 6. Let's look at Acts 9, verses 6. Oh, before, maybe I want to drive a point before we go to Acts 9, verses 6. Let's look at John 13, 5. I will just give you a scenario as you still are looking at that verse. Uh, it was uh, the last days of Jesus when he was just about to be crucified. 
when Jesus was just about to be crucified, it was his last days. And uh, in life, there is a language that people say uh, the language is bucket list. A bucket list is uh, some of your wishes that you might want to see, desire, or say before you die. Uh, for an example, I can tell my wife that before I die, I want to go to Mauritius. I want to go to a place, uh, maybe a place that I've never seen before. It, it is some things that you desire uh, before you die. It's, it's, it's a list of which uh, you, 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 you desire, you wish to see before you die. But here it's word. Because when Jesus was just about to go to the cross, on his list, on his bucket list, he did something. Read for us. John chapter 13, verse 5. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was raped around him. Amen. Amen. So, it was his days, but if then you read the whole chapter and you will see that the Bible so, says uh, before that, Satan had already entered Judas, one of the disciples. But now, these are the days when Jesus knew, now I'm, I'm going to the cross, I'm going to die, and it's so weird that during that, those days, the only thing that was in Jesus' bucket list was to wash feet. Was to wash feet. They say after the supper, when they were all seated, Jesus took a towel, gathered it on his waist. He went to his disciples, started to wash their feet. He started to wash their feet. He washed them. And we know, traditionally, during those days, when people used to, to walk and they were wearing sandals, when they are visiting some way, they will get a bucket of water so that uh, they can clean up the sand. But during that time, uh, Jesus left them and they ate supper. After eating supper, Jesus stood up. The Bible says he laid down his gown. When you read the whole, the whole scripture, it says he laid down his gown, gathered his towel on the west, started washing the disciples' feet. Washed all of them, the disciples' feet, including the, including the feet of Judas. When Jesus knew that this person, Satan, has entered him. Satan has entered. Then, what was the motive behind? What was the motive behind? Because after finishing, Jesus instructs his disciples that they must wash one another's feet. And he says they must save. He says he did not come to heaven to be saved. But he himself has come to save. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Jesus that we worship. It is Jesus who is Elohim. It is Jesus, the master. It is Jesus, the king of kings. If Jesus, the king of kings, can lay down his garment and wash the feet, which means 
there is no level of life. There is no level of finances. There is no position in life. There is nothing in life that can exempt you from saving. There's nothing in life that can exempt you from serving. And nowadays, we have got a problem. Gone are the days when our parents will give us assignments and work to do at home. They were teaching us responsibility and service. They will say, you, you must wash the plates. I was born in a family of four boys. We used to stay with our mother because our father died when we were young. We will clean the house. We will wash all the plates. We will wash the house. We will clean it. Because uh, the assignments were divided. We knew that this one is supposed to wash plates. But when you come, and mama says, wash plate. You say, no, 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 no. It's not me. We're supposed to wash plate. <laughs> I've done my part. You said I must water the garden. I've watered it. But it's not me. We're supposed to wash the plate. But as time goes on, as service started to be in our blood, we didn't want to see anything that is dead. It didn't matter whether it's you who is supposed to wash plates or not. When you come and you find plates in a sink that they are dirty, you will just wash them. You will just clean the house. Our parents, they were teaching us to do service. And gone are those days. Because our children now, they don't want to wash plates. Our children now, they just want to eat. Our children now, they want to receive. Our children now, they don't want to do any service. When the world calls for the service, they think they are abused. When the world calls for the service, they will think that we are abusing them. They will think that we are abusing them. They think that they are mistreated. They think that they are mistreated when the world calls for service. Because we are preparing them for the world that does not exist we are preparing them for a non-existing world. A child who has been trained to do the service, when they grow up, they will not be jobless. They will do something. They will always put food on the table. They will always do something. They will do something for their life. It might not be the kind of job that they want, but because they are hands-on, they will do something. They will not go hungry. They will not go hungry. I am just praying that now we must train our kids to do service. We were trained to do services at home. When we come to the house of God, it's not a problem. It is not a problem to work. It is not a problem to work. It doesn't matter the title. You are a pastor. You are a bishop. It doesn't matter the title. Ladies and gentlemen, we were saved to serve. 
We were saved to save. Let's look at Acts 9 6. Acts 9, verse 6, read as follows. Now, get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Amen. Amen. This is what happened when Paul encountered with Christ, when he was Saul, he changed to Paul. When he encountered with Christ, when he was still trembling, laying down, lying down, he knew that you cannot meet Christ. You cannot meet God. You cannot have an encounter with God for no reason. For no reason. When Paul woke up from the ground, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? There's always something to do after meeting with Christ. There's always something to do after getting born again. There is always something to do when you confront with Christ. There is always something to do when you encounter with Christ. There is always something to do. He says, what must I do? What must I do for you? They say, no, go to the city. You'll get instructions as to what to do. Every time you meet Jesus, there's something that you're supposed to do. Jesus cannot just meet you for no reason. There's something to do. There's something to do after meeting Christ. There's something to do after meeting Christ. There's something to do. I mean, there's something to do when God sends anyone, whether it's an angel that has been sent to speak to you, but after that, there's something to do. There's something to do something to do. And if you begin to serve God, you shorten your, your prayer list. Because most of the things that we are praying for, God will answer them without any prayer. Without a, I'm talking through experience. Without any prayer. Let me just give you a glimpse. Like Apostle was saying that I walked with a man of God for 23 years. But during the three-year term, when I was there, because I came from Zimbabwe, I just went to the church. I started staying in the church. When I was staying in the church for three years, what, what was I doing in the church? I was doing some outreaches. We were going to hospital ministries. We are doing, we're doing all these kind of ministries that you can think of. We are preaching the word. But the other thing that we did, we built an auditorium because we were in a small church. But then after building the auditorium, during that time, I never thought of looking for a job. I was not paid in the church, yes, but I never thought of looking for a job. I was just busy with the work of the church. Never thought of looking for a job. One other time, I wake up when I was just planning to go to hospital ministry. And I was seated in the church office. There was a phone call. And this phone call, they said to me, it's a white guy that phoned, he said to me, we learned that you are a black. 
So we need lamas in our company. I did not apply for a job. I was not looking for a job. He said, ah, we learned that you are a plumber and we need you in our company. We need you in our company. I, I, I didn't ask who told you that I'm a plumber or what. I did not. I, then I said, when do you want me? It was around 12 o'clock. They say, when do you want to come? I think this person was just teasing me. Because they said, when do you want to come? I said, no, today I've got a program. I can come tomorrow. He said, no, if you don't come today, don't come. We want you now. Look here, I was coming from Zimbabwe. I did not know the roads. So I asked for directions and they told me. And that's what influenced me to stay around the area. I was coming from Zimbabwe. I did not know the road. So he explained to me when I phoned to my bishop, he said, no, leave the phone number of this person in case something else. So took a taxi, came to Brandley. When I was at the gate speaking to the security, the owner of the company came out. And I was dressed nicely, thinking that I'm going for an interview. <laughs> Put on a tie like a pastor. You see, when, when this guy saw me, when I was busy talking to the security, the guy said, uh, you are good news, because that's my name. My name is Ndabezi. Translated good news. When I was speaking to a white guy, I said, I'm good news. Because it was very difficult for him to pronounce Ndabezi. <laughs> <laughs> then this guy says, you are good news. I said, yes. Here's the car. Start working with this guy. I started working. Started to phone my wife before she became my wife. She was my girlfriend. <laughs> I, said, I said, I said to her, I'm working. By the way, I, I, I've been carried away just to start preaching to you. I did not introduce to you my <laughs> love of healing. <laughs> my wife, otherwise I would be in trouble at home. <laughs> Please just meet my wife, Cindy Zimba. I thank God that when she married me, she changed everything totally. She changed her name. I've even forgotten her name. She didn't have the barrel. <laughs> Amen. And those are two lovely kids that God has blessed us with. It's Tanaka and Nebo. Just wave. Ladies and gentlemen, I was just given a job like that. Then I started working. In fact, that was not a job that God was giving me. God was just training me so that I can have my own uh, company. Because I only worked for three or four months. And the way God was doing things, it was just a surprise to me. I will get paid a certain amount this week. Next week, it's an increment. I will get paid a certain amount this week. And the following week, it's an increment. And it was just increments, increments, increments. Why? Because the clients that I was attending to, to, they were very happy. I was favored by God. I was so much favored by God. After three months, these people, they say, do you have a car? 
so that we can subcontract you. We cannot pay you anymore. You must have your own team. You must employ and pay people. So do you have a car? I didn't have a car. But I said, yeah, I do. I said, yeah, I do have the car. They said, okay, just prepare yourself. The following month, you are alone. Get a team, employ them. We are subcontracting you. Then when I went to the church, I was staying with some other guys. Then I, I told them that, ah, they are giving me a subcontract. And I told them that I have the car. And definitely, I'm supposed to come with a car. I don't have the car. One of the guys said, that's not a problem. My brother is not employed. I will give you a car. Don't pay me a single cent. But if you work, this car is this much, let's write down. If you work and you have got money, you will pay me. When it was time to show my bosses the car, the car was there. The car was there. I worked for three or four months paid that guy. I went with a briefcase at night to go. <laughs> Look here. If you are of service, if service is in your heart, God himself will bless you. God himself will give you even things that you did not pray for. I did not pray for a job. Then, after some time, because I was so curious, I said to these people, what happened? Why did you get my name? Why did you get my name? They said, no, they saw an application later. And indeed, there were four guys that we got employed together. And I said, okay, to my boss, because now I'm used to my boss, I want to see that application later. When my boss was looking for the application later, four of those guys' application letters were there. My application letter was nowhere to be found. My application letter was nowhere to be found. Then when I was at home, I was asking myself as I was praying, and God revealed to me that the person that applied is an angel. An angel applied for me. Wow. An angel applied for me. An angel applied for me. Ladies and gentlemen, my life has always been a miracle. I've always told uh, Apostle, my life has always been a miracle. Even right now when I'm in the field, at times my life is just a miracle. There was one other time because what we do, I don't even advertise now. People do advertise for me. Uh, because I've seen that that's how God wants me to operate. If I advertise, I spend a lot of money in adverts, but I will get less in adverts. But one other time, I can remember clearly when I was called in a certain house and the owner of the house gave me a wrong address. But same street, but a wrong number. Gave me a wrong number. Same street. Indeed, when I went there, let's well, suppose he gave me number 12 when I was supposed to go to number 14. I went there to number 12. And when I went there to number 12, indeed, they were looking for a plumber in number 12. <laughs> 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 
Indeed, they were looking for Blama. The owner of the house was not there. And uh, the helper told the owner, the Blamas have come, and the, and, the, and the owner said, okay, show them what to do. Went there, did what I'm supposed to do. I got paid. That guy who is number 14 is still waiting for me. Then he phoned and said, but where are you? I said, but you gave me number 12. He said, no, it's a mistake. It's number 14. <laughs> when he says number 14, I have finished number 12. The guys that were called to come in number 12, when they came by the gate, the man was going to my phone, cling, 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 cling. <laughs> Then from there, I went to number 14. I also got paid in number 14. What I'm saying, if God is saying to Moses, go and tell Pharaoh that he must release my people. Go and tell Pharaoh that he must deliver my people. Because I want them out of Egypt so that they can serve me. So that they can serve me. We will look, we will look at that. Some of the verses, I will just say them for the sake of time. For the sake of time. It's Exodus 8 verse 1. You read it at home. He says, go and tell Pharaoh that Pharaoh must release my people. Because I want my people to worship him, to worship me. I want my people to serve me. If God can break the backbone of Pharaoh, if God can kill some of the Egyptians because he wants his people to worship him. When it comes to worship, God is serious. When it comes to service, God is serious. God wants you to save him. God wants you to save him. The angel comes to, to Mary. And the angel says to Mary, you have been favored. You have been favored. Out of you, a king will be born. And his name will be Jesus. And he shall save his people. And Mary says, how can this be? <laughs> if you are saving God, they will always, how can this be? How can this be? How can this be? The angel says, you will be overshadowed by the, by the Holy Ghost. You will be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost overshadows you, things will just happen. When the Holy Ghost overshadows you, you will get healed. When the Holy Ghost overshadows you, things will happen. When the Holy Ghost overshadows you. And Mary says, let this happen because I'm a servant of God. God does not play when it comes to his hand. Let's look at Job. And God is saying to the devil, didn't you didn't you recognize my servant, Job? He doesn't say Job, my servant. But he says, my servant, Job. My servant, Job. When you serve God, God protects you. The, 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 the devil says, but yes, you have protected this man. You have protected this man. 
we have put a hedge of protection around him. But why does God protect such a person like that? Because the person is a servant. When you are a servant of God, God puts a hedge of protection. God protects you. You are protected because you are a servant. You are a servant. You are a servant. You are protected because you are a servant. How we pray that people from this house will become servants. How we pray that people from this house will be servant, servant driven. How we pray that you will serve God no matter what. No matter what you will serve God. It is good to be with your family. Yes, God has given you a family. But also, it is good that you must take cognizance that you must serve God. When you serve God, God will protect your family. When you serve God, God will bless your family. When you serve God, God will put a hedge of protection in your family. When you serve God, God will protect your family. When you serve God, God will uplift your family. When you serve God, God will supply. There is no vision without provision. When you take care of the house of God, God will make sure that he's taking care of your needs. He will make sure that he's taking care of your needs. When, he, when it comes to David, God is saying, I have found a servant. David is my servant. I found a servant. And even though God anointed him, the servant was still there looking after the sheep of his father. And God is saying, in David, I have found a servant. And when David speaks, he says, the zeal of your house has consumed me. I am so much consumed by the zeal of your house. And he says, in your house, I would rather be a doorkeeper in your house than to dwell in the, in the tents of the wicked. Because the zeal has consumed me. When you are not yet consumed, you cannot be a servant. A servant is somebody that will lay down their gown. A servant is somebody it doesn't matter the kind of title that they are holding. It doesn't matter the status that they are holding. But they will lay down their gown and wash the feet of other people. And wash the feet of other people. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot afford not to be a servant when you are a child of God. When you are a servant, you will not lack. When you are a servant, God will provide. When you are a servant, you will not be jobless. You will always find something to do. Because money follows the service. Money follows the service. We are looking for service providers. Some of them, they are crooks. Why can't you step in when you are a child of God? Because the world is looking for somebody whom they will trust with their money. 
They are looking for somebody whom they trust with their jobs. They are looking for somebody with whom they will trust with their deals. They are looking for a service provider. They are looking for a service provider. You cannot be a service provider if you don't start in the house of God. A person that is doing service in the house of the Lord, God will promote them. They will move from one dimension to another. They will move from one faith to another. God will promote a person who is doing service in his house. There is so much anointing in this house of which I have enjoyed with my few months while I'm here. There are a lot of few things that have come here and, and, and worked them out with my hands. For an example, I've got a certain target in my, family, in, my, in my company that I want to do during the day. But when I'm called for a duty here, I will come. And probably it will be late for me to make up with my target. But do you know what? If I come here and spend almost a day right here, I will only get one or two jobs that will just take me right to my target or even over my target. It has never been a waste of time when I come here. It has never been a waste of time. Never been a waste of time. You see, I'm so much service driven, especially in the house of God. Even if I see people that are working in the house of God, I have to part with something. Why do I part with something? Because when I've parted with something, either I buy them food or I give them something, I have to part with something. If I part with something, I'm also partaking the anointing with them. I'm also partaking what they are doing with them, even in my absence. You cannot find people working in the house of God and just tell them, God bless you and you, you move on. It, it, it is not love. What is it that can separate us from the love of God? Is it death? No. What is it that can separate us with the love of God? Nothing must separate you from the love of God. So if you love God, you are keen to work in the house of God. And if you are working in the house of God, some of the things that you have been praying for, God will answer. God will answer without you praying for those things. God will answer. But what is the service that I'm talking about? What is the service that I'm talking about? Let's go to the scriptures and read. Let's look at Second uh, Timothy four eleven. What is the service? What is it that is called service that we are talking about? What are we talking about? What is it? What is service? What are we talking about? Yes, Pastor. Second Timothy chapter four, verse eleven. Read as follows. 
Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring with him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I will repeat. Verse 11. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Amen. This is, this, this, this is Paul. He was saying, get Luke. I want him. I want him in my ministry. <laughs> what, 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 is, what is service? Service is to be used. Things of God, they look foolishness to those that are in the world. But to us, it is the power. Until you become a fool for God, you will not enjoy the fullness of God. Until you act like a fool, when people in the world, they say, this is foolishness. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. This is foolishness to the people of the world. But to us, it is power. He says, get Luke. I want him. I want him. I want to use him in the ministry. Are you? Do you want to be used? Are you of use in the ministry? Are you of use? Can you allow yourself to be used? <laughs> the preachers here, they were saying, deny yourself. You cannot be used if you are still yourself. Jesus says, whoever wants to walk with me, you must lay down. You must deny yourself and carry the cross. Deny yourself and carry the cross. Now, can you be used? Can this ministry rely on you? Can they use you? Can you be used? Paul is saying, this person is useful in my ministry. I want to use and the Bible says, use. Yeah, use. I want to use him. Can you be used in the ministry? You cannot be used if you still have your own agendas. But allow God to consume you. Allow God to mesmerize your plans. Allow God to confuse your plans. Allow God to eat up your plans. So that you can fit in the agenda of God. So that you can be used. So that you can be used. Can the church use you? Can the church rely on you? Can all these leaders go out for a holiday and leave you with the church? Can they leave you with the church? Are we going to hear a good report when we come back? How are you going to treat people? How are you going to treat people? Can this ministry rely on you? Can this ministry use you? Can you run around for this ministry? Can we say there is death in vendor? Can we say there is a wedding in Zim? Will you apply for a passport and go? 
Will you leave everything that you are doing and go all out for God? And go all out for God. <laughs> you see Muslims, they, they don't care. They don't care whether you have got two million on Friday. These people, they don't care. Pastor Amuchi, they don't care. They don't care. I know we are running after money. And the preacher that was right here, he said, <laughs> we must not be worried about all these things. Because the pagans also, they run after, after the same thing. He said, we must not be worried. A Muslim does not care whether you are carrying 100,000 and you are on the queue on Friday. When their time is up, they close. Why can't we be serious as Christians? They close. They close. And after you will wait for them. They will go and say they are praying. I don't know whether they will be praying. I, I, that one I don't know. But, <laughs> but when they come back, you will take your money and give it to them. You still give it to them. Now, can you hold all your plans? Can you hold all your agendas, everything, and say today, I'm going all out for God. I want to wait for God. Will you be available? This one I love it because when Apostle writes to me, he says, Are you available? Are you? <laughs> she, says, she says, Are you available? Took note of that word. Are you available? Availability. Because God does not. God does not use people that are able. But God wants to use people that are available. And he will make them able. Let me repeat this. God does not use people that are able. God does not use people that are talented. Gone are the days when people that are talented, when they, when they come to church, they will do whatever they want because they are talented. They don't want to be rebuked. They don't want to be corrected. They don't want to hear anything. But God wants to use people that are available. And those that are available, that are not able, God will make them. Mordecai came to Esther and said, and said to Esther, if you don't do this, we will get help from someone. Let me tell you something. God does not run out of workforce. When you get an opportunity that God has given you, and you are supposed to use that opportunity, grab it with your two hands. Because if you don't, God will take someone and put them in your place. And it pays to work for God. It will be good to be paid by men, but me, myself, I know the circumstances and things, they are different. I don't want to be paid by men. I want to be paid by God. I don't want to do things to impress. I want to impress God. Because he himself, God, is saying, even where you are working, it doesn't matter 
the little money that you are, you are paid. But when you agree with your master, he says you must work as if you are working unto. If you see men and look at men and you see, say you are working for men, you will not benefit. But if there is a man in front of you and you see yourself serving God, God will pay you. It pays to work for God. So, are you available? Are you available? Are you a responsible person? I'm talking about service. That's, that's what service is. Are you a responsible person? If you are given a certain department in the church, are you going to account for it? Are you going to say if this department, if it doesn't go well here in this department, I take the blame. I want to see this department growing. I want to see this department growing. That's responsibility. That's responsibility. Are you a responsible person? Are you a responsible person? It is my prayer that we must desire to be used by God. It is my prayer. It is my prayer that we must surrender ourselves and be used by God. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got a lot of testimonies about being used by God. Got a lot of testimonies about being used by God. But because of time, I will just put a comma. <laughs> I will just put a comma. You see, the testimonies only, my testimonies only of being used by God, I can talk one hour. My testimonies. My testimonies. Anyway, I also thank God for my wife. She's my number one supporter. She has never refused if I want to go anywhere for God. She will just say, she will just say go. She will just say go. Like yesterday, we learned that uh, marriage, it's a, it's a ministry. She understands the kind of a person that she's married to. And thank God for submitting to my, to my authority. I've always told a lot of women that if you see a man, maybe you are in courtship, and you see that you cannot submit to that particular man's authority. Don't marry them. Because that's how marriage is designed. God told one to submit. The reason why God told the other one to submit, because God sees you are all human beings and you are equal, but there must be order in the house. So one must submit. Thank God to Masakai. They say we, we must just we must not just talk. But who is talking? It must be Christ if he's talking. <laughs> it must be Christ who is talking. Amen. Are you a responsible person? Are you a responsible person? Amen. Responsible person. So there is always what to do after getting born again. There's always what to do after getting born again. 
Because our steps to come here, they were ordered by God. We did not come on our own. Thank God I, I, I came here because Umshana Umdu invited me to come here. In fact, when I came here, I never thought that I would even one day stand in front of you and, and speak. Because when I came, in my, in, my, in my head, I was somebody that was just going to pay love all. <laughs> in my head, what I'm trying to say is that it's God that orders the steps of a person to come. And when you come here, you become part of the family. And when you become part of the family, like in the physical, you don't choose to be a part of the family. You are just born in that family. And you start to do what the family does. What the family does. What the family does. You start to do what the family does. So, I thank God for coming to pay to pay Lobola. <laughs> Indeed, it was a nice experience. Unlike 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 home, uh, uh, my my uh, unlike home, it's very tough to pay Lobola at home. Believe me, believe me, it's not it's not it's not easy. When you come, the first thing they want you to sit down. You don't, but. We, we came to a place whereby before we could negotiate, we were, we were given tea. I, I, was, I, was, I, I, was even, I was even afraid, thinking that they are trapping. <laughs> because at home, when you drink that tea, you are in trouble. You are in for it. You are in for it. They will say, ah, you did drink the tea without any introduction. Who are you? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have got to serve God. We have to serve God. Regardless of what, we have got to serve God. We must find ourselves in the house of God, serving God. There is nothing that must stop us from serving God. And when we serve God, God will save our generation. When we serve God, God will save our people. When we serve God, God will save our families. He is God that saves. He is God that provides. When you are service-driven, you will not lack anything. When you are service-driven, God will always provide. When you are service-driven, there will always be something to do. There will always be something to do. And don't look at a person. Because I've, I've been in the church for a long time and I've been serving for a long time. There are some people that when they serve, they expect to be appreciated. It's fine to be appreciated. It's fine to be appreciated. It's, it's fine for apostles to come here and say, thank you for the people that were doing this and that. But it doesn't say thank you to you. It must not offend you. Don't go out and some of your friends are now speaking with you, but, but they mentioned other people. They mentioned other people's names, but they, just, they don't mention my name. We are not serving apostles. We are not serving apostles. And it's not easy to serve. It's not. Because some of the leaders, they can talk what they want. 
Some of the leaders, they can do what they want. It's just like in the family. In the family, we have got mixed people. We have got people that are men. We have got people that are meant for war. In our family, we knew that if there's something, if there's a conflict outside, we knew the brother that will go and confront. <laughs> uh, in, in Zimu, we would say, if family is family, So, it's just like that in the house of God. Some, they will step your toes when you are working. Some who will be leaders, even as leaders as we are, who will step your toes. Sometimes not knowing. Sometimes no knowing. But the issue is, let's forgive each other and work. If we are a family, let's forgive each other and work. And give respect to where it is due. It is the high time now that if somebody is age of your brother, call them your brother. If somebody is the age of your mother, call them your mother. If somebody is the age of your father, call them your father. But it's not easy to work together as a family. It's not easy. It's not easy. Some, they will speak what they want. Some, they will say, even to me, they were mocking me. They were telling me that, is this guy looking for accommodation? How can he work like this in the church? The church is so clean. We want to rest. But it's him who is working like this. The pastor that was in charge of the church one other time, I did not work, but because I was a hard worker, he saw the yard was so much clean. During that time, it's not me that has worked. Guys have worked, and I wanted to rest myself. So he saw the church was very clean, and he called all the guys. He took out money and said, hey, I'm giving to this guy. You see the, how clean the church is. He gave me money, and the guys were complaining, saying, ah, it's not fair. He knew me that I was a hard worker. I was always working, keeping the church clean, working very hard, cleaning the toilets, working very hard. The first thing when I approached him, when I came from home, is, say, what can I do for you? I'm a plumber. I've seen your toilets are messed up. What can I do for you? You see, when you come to a church, don't look at what the church can do for you. You won't be blessed. Look for what you can do for, for the church. I said, say, what can I do for you? He said, what can you do? I said, no, I'm a plumber. I can fix your toilets. He said, tomorrow morning, let's go and buy the material. You will fix. I started fixing. After that, he proposed that I must come and stay in the church. And I was looking after the church very well. And God started to pay me. He started to pay me. Three years, not paid. But when God started to pay me, I was surprised. Man. I was surprised. I was saying, what is this? How can this be? Because now God was paying me. Was paying me. I was surrounded by people that were even highly educated, more educated than me, but I was the one that was paying them. They were working for me. They were working for me. God started paying me. You see, when God starts to pay you, when God starts to pay you, it doesn't matter. People of your age, maybe they've worked 10 years and they've accumulated things for 10 years. But when God starts to pay you, within a year, you will have more than what they have. You will have what, more than what they have. 
So, gentlemen, I'm just encouraging you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just encouraging you. Don't give up on working for God. God wants people. He says, he says, uh, he says the field is plenty, but laborers are few. We are looking for people that will be pillars in this church. Already with these few months I'm in this church, I know who pillars are. We are looking for people that will be pillars. Pillars. People who will raise the hand of the man of God. And they will raise that hand. And they become pillars. 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 People that we will rely on. And we know that these are pillars of the church. Pillars. You see, there's a difference between a house that is built on a proper foundation and that house has got pillars and the house that is built on a sand. There's no much difference because there is also common grace. When we are talking about common grace, we are talking about the kind of grace whereby when rain comes, it comes for both the saved and the unsaved. When the storm hits, it will hit both a strong house that is built on the foundation and the house that is built on the sand. But the difference is when that storm comes, the house that is built on the foundation will stand. But the house that is built on the sand will be taken away. So there are pillars in the church. God is looking for people that will be pillars. Pillars. And when we are talking about pillars, we are not talking about people that play when they are serving God. Because if you look at Job, the, the reason why God protected him is because he feared God. We are looking for people that will fear God. We are looking for people to fear God means to walk with God. And to walk with God means to obey God. Half obedience is not obedience. Quarter obedience is not obedience. Partial obedience is not obedience. Obedience is Full obedience. Because if you don't fear God, you open up the doors for the demons. If you don't fear God, you open up for demonic entry points. So a person that is servicing the church, a person that is working in the church, is somebody that fears God. You cannot work in the church if you don't fear God. Why am I saying that? It's because you will still be having your own. You come to church with your own package, with your own agenda. But if you are a person that fears God, you know that you have got to lay your gown down and start serving. <laughs>